Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. I'm Joe McGranahan. I'm here channeling Adam Schiff today. I have incontrovertible proof that you are a miscreant. A miscreant. <laughs> That's how you know somebody's 80. They use miscreant as in a, a word, in right? In a sentence. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. We need better words these days. All right. Well, I'm challenging Mitch McConnell. Channeling, not challenging. Or challenge, yeah, channeling. Thank you. We <laughs> think it's important that the budget gets smaller each year and that deficits are... are Unacceptable. Well, that's a good deal. Right. If only he weren't lying through his teeth every <laughs> sense. Yeah, I love this thing there. Of course, now they're making progress. They reported these talks between President Biden and whoever the Republican negotiators are. I guess Kevin McCarthy's in on it. Maybe Mitch McConnell's Actually, in on it. Actually, they've appointed a congressman. I forget. I heard his name this morning on Gordon Deal's program uh, to negotiate along with staff people. So okay. they're, they're apparently doing something. Whether or not it's anything useful, we'll be determined at some point in the future. Okay. So, yeah, that's happening. I, uh, NPR gave us a list of things that they're talking about. So I brought that with me. They are talking about clawing back unspent COVID numbers, about $60 billion in money that's left over from COVID that we borrowed, but it's just sitting in accounts, not doing anything, permitting reform so that energy projects can move faster, spending caps on some sp- federal programs, work requirements for some people who get food stamps, and closing some tax code loopholes. That's the only one that would actually generate revenue is closing some uh, tax code loopholes. So uh, we'll see if they can come up with some progress on that. So that's out there in the statewide race, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to seat uh, nominations. As expected, we got a Democrat and a Republican to face each other. We know who they are in Pennsylvania. Of course, the Pennsylvania. Supreme Court, uh, thought to be a conservative court in Pennsylvania, or I'm sorry, a liberal court in Pennsylvania. But it's four to two already, right? Yes, uh, that sounds right. um, It's wrong, but it sounds right. Right, right. It's not (laughs) ideal. Isn't that funny that you know what the political leaning of a court is? You know, doesn't that... Well, we we presume that. Although, you know, from time to time, the courts fool you. Right, 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 right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it looks like uh, some folks that monitor (laughs) the U.S. Supreme Court say the Memphis Pristone Cockamamie appeal won't get any farther past them. And uh, we've had, uh, I forget the purpose or the particular topic, but Commonwealth Court in Pennsylvania just made a, a very liberal decision on something. I, I just I don't remember what it was. But in any event, yeah, courts do surprise you sometimes when they inadvertently do the right thing. So or the wrong thing, depending on your viewpoint. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, w- I do want them to ignore politics and stick to the law. I just don't think we can. That would be ideal. Yeah, we can't get that. All right, so those 
those are some of the topics. Uh, let's see, Michael Stender, one of the winners. Uh, Vinnie Clausey didn't get enough votes in the spring primary election to be on the ballot this fall. We'll see what his next step I is. I think he ran a Trump-esque campaign. Liar, liar, liar. Right. I, I don't think that sits well with people anymore. Well, uh, maybe he I'm wrong. Is the Donald Trump of Northumberland County? I mean, uh, only, the only thing is, I don't think Vinny lies, at least not like Donald Trump does. So I think that would set him apart. But that, uh, you know, name calling and calling folks a liar and that well, kind of stuff. Well, his opponents say he lied. He says they lied. Somebody's right. lying. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody must be lying. Yeah, Somebody's uh, lying. I remember the Dire Straits song where they say, uh, on a street corner, two men say they're Jesus. Jesus. And the guy says, one of them must be wrong. <laughs> well, so, that's true. All right. Maybe uh, both of them. Who well, <laughs> I think that's the the, uh, the unspoken assumption. All right. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. On the mark, sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Tech, check them out at sunburymotors.com. Uh, you can email us. Wow, it's the first time I've looked at the email. There's no emails present to read there. So if we skipped one inadvertently in the recent week, send it back in if it's still timely. We'll still read it on the market wkok.com and text us at 70236 include the keyword otm our first caller is bobby douglas who's got experience in radio and courtrooms and juries he's been sued he's been on a jury he lifeguards um let's see what else you're an engineer you worked in radio and television and you're going to talk to us about wkok today good morning Yes, okay, I'm reading the Sunbury History book, uh, Sunbury Bicentennial book. Today is WKOK's anniversary. Uh, with 100 watts, WKOK was the 29th station in Pennsylvania to be licensed by the Federal Communications Commission. It's been on the air since May 17, 1933. WKOK now with 10,000 watts of power day and 1,000 watts at night is among Pennsylvania's top six stations in AM power and coverage, and WKOK-FM went on the air in 1948 as the second FM in the state. And WKOK at 94.1 on the dial now operates at a maximum power allowed by the FCC. But anyhow, and then since 1953, the stations have been affiliated with the CBS radio network. But a lot of people don't realize this. WKOK has been on the air 90 years. Yeah, that's fantastic. You'll hear more about the 90th anniversary and some observances that we'll do. And uh, Joe's been around for 50 of those years. I've been around for 30 of them. And, uh, yeah, we're ooh, happy birthday to us. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you. Always appreciate that. Eric, one of the angry men. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Not angry today. And what? apologize. I'm going to try to go with a more positive message today. But it does have bigger ramifications. So we know right now that the uh, Pennsylvania legislature and the governor are buying back and forth to pass a Pennsylvania budget, which is due by July 1st. And this is a normal process and, and, and one which I welcome. We need to have correct spending, but also need to have you know, budgetary restraints. But I have a positive story today, and, um, and, that, and that actually involves an obituary, believe it or not. I read in the paper this morning that uh, a lady by the name of Elizabeth Jones, 102, which makes you jump up and look at it, uh, passed away down here in our community in Port Treverton. I know Elizabeth, she went by Lizzie, uh, a very interesting story and success story. Uh, Lizzie lived 50 years at Sealands Grove Center. She was um, institutionalized back in the 50s, back when a lot of folks with intellectual disabilities were just packed away into institutions. 
Uh, one time, Pennsylvania, I think, had 10 or more uh, institutions for those with intellectual disabilities. They're now down to one and a little bit. Sealands Grove is the only one right now which is still fully open. Um, because we place folks in the community. And Lizzie Elizabeth is one of the success stories. She lived almost 25 years with a family down here in Port Treverton. One who essentially uh, adopted her. Now they were getting you know reimbursement from the Commonwealth for fighting for her care. Uh, was one of her former caregivers. Okay, um, and it's one success story that this lady lived 25 years in the community after spending you know 50 years institutionalized. Um, but I also know of other stories down here of, of one uh, fellow from our church who who needs a placement and can't find one anywhere closer than than Pittsburgh. And we need more funding for. Uh, home placements and those types of things, family environment, environments for those individuals who are living with their families now, their families are getting older, and these folks need a place to live in there and last part of their lives. And uh, I urge our representatives and legislatures to uh, uh, approve budgets which expand this home services for those with intellectual disabilities. Well, do we need more people or more money? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it, it, it does take... Um, uh, funding to to develop places, uh, and and uh, this is actually a family. A family took in a took in this young lady, this not young lady, uh, middle aged lady. Uh, but yeah, but again, it's good it has to take funding to provide enough money uh, for the person to have a living wage who's working there as well, right? So yeah, hundred and two. So, um, a hundred and two. That's fantastic. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a wonderful story. Um, a story of success. And um, you know, fully this lady was fully integrated in the community and so forth. And uh, it's really true, a true success story. You know, someone who had lived 50 years in institution lives to be 102. You know, uh, also maybe a little bit of indictment of, of why uh, this lady was placed in the institution. You know, back when we did back in the 50s and so forth. And having worked at the Grove Center, I know there were many many stories of that. But Pennsylvania woke up as the rest of the nation did, realized institutionalization was not the way to go. And uh, when I was at Sealands Grove, it was part of many community placements, and those have continued. But on the other hand, Sealands Grove does provide necessary uh, services because there are some folks, because of their um, uh, behavioral and uh, mental challenges, uh, are not able to necessarily live in the, in the community. So Sealands Grove is providing some necessary services to about 200, and I think uh, some of them moved in from other institutions across the state, and Sealands Grove's kind of been a centralized area to provide the services to hopefully uh, get to the point where they can live in the community with proper uh, therapies, medications, and so forth. Well, it's a great employer, too, family sustaining wages, so it's a big part of our community in every way. So, and all right. Have, having started my career there, first 15 years of my career there. All yes. right. We got you, Eric. Uh, Thank again, you so again, much. Again, budgetary-wise, uh, we need to still you know, support these folks in the community and have more money put forth into those. So folks like Elizabeth uh, could have the opportunity to live uh, a full and, and cherished life out in the community. All right, we got you. All right, thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, we got an open line. We'll take a break momentarily, but uh, let me reiterate. The uh, purpose of the show is open mo- open phones. You can call in about the topic of your selection. Joe and I will argue each side of these important issues. <laughs> 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM. Mm. Mm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I... 
I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mess, dirt, Joe. Right here, buddy. <clears throat> How you doing? We had, we had a big day yesterday in Washington with Senator Fetterman. Um, the story is kind of sad in a way because it demonstrates that he probably has pushed himself too far here again. Pennsylvania Democratic Senator John Fetterman raised eyebrows with his choppy and sometimes incoherent questioning at the Senate Banking Committee hearing on Tuesday. Fetterman was uh, the last senator to dive into questioning during a hearing on the Silicon Valley bank collapse that occurred earlier this year, and he appeared to struggle through his opening statement in the hearing. The Pennsylvania Democrat noted that some of the witnesses' colleagues, quote, went to go to Hawaii's after there was a crash of your bank and that he couldn't believe it. Um, so I went up on the Internet, and it's like, it did happen, it did happen, it did happen, Fetterman said, holding up a cutout of a New York Post headline entitled, Ex-Silicon Valley Bank CEO Greg Becker Jets to Hawaii After Collapse. <laughs> and then he said, and it's in fortune, the second biggest bank in U.S. history collapsed and chose to go to Hawaii on that, he continued. You know, I've never been to Hawaii, and neither has my family. I guess I've never cranked, excuse me, crashed a bank. Fetterman asked a witness if they believed it's a running joke in the banking community that the federal government will bail them out in times of trouble, to which the former Silicon Valley Bank CEO said he does not believe that's the case. Really, said Fetterman, because every bank you seemingly that crashed, it's like we can bail him out. This one crashed, we'll bail them out, Fetterman said. So far, everything's been true. So doesn't it feel that now, if a bank really believed that they wouldn't be bailed out, now after bailing them out, these couple of bailouts, they are going to. Uh, well, first of all, I, 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 you know, I don't fault him. He basically has a disability now regarding his cognition, so I would not hold that against him. I would try to focus on what he's saying, not how he says it. I, you know, this but what is, was he saying? This is one of those opportunities where you and I have to be the bigger person and just kind of overlook somebody's disability and just try to think of them as a person or an elected leader, not especially somebody who can't say certain words, you know, perfectly. So it's just a matter of, you know, it, it's like acceptance of individuals with retardation or uh, some uh, physical anomaly or handicap ramps or something like that? I don't think this is the same case. This, oh, okay. this is a case where a man suffered a serious stroke right. uh, and then c- tremendous depression. He's been in the hospital more than he's been on the job since he was elected. You know, that's kind of troubling right then and there. But let's face it, part of the deal you make with the American electorate is if you ask them for your vote, their vote, you have to be able to serve them in the capacity that you have uh, asked them to elect you to. And right now, I think it's fairly evident that Senator Fetterman, through, I won't say through no fault of his own, because he had an option that might have prevented him from having the stroke, but, you know, through no serious fault of his own, 
uh, just can't handle that job. Yeah, I, I think, think it's it hard can, for him. Yeah, I think he's doing the job. I think if you listen to the context of what he's saying there, it's obvious he's questioning the bank bailouts. I love his uh, reference to the fact that he wants people who get a free bank bailout from the U.S., he wants them to have a work requirement if they get it, that the men and women who get bailed out have to have a work requirement. That makes perfect sense to me. It's I, you know, It might be a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I think it's very needed. And really, and I think he's attacking something that's very important, and that's the fact that the Biden administration is bailing out banks, and which basically says to other banks, just do whatever you want. You know, get way out over your skis. Make sure your assets are far lower than your liabilities, because we'll bail you out. And I think that sends a terrible message to the banking industry. Well, he continued to say, do you believe that this is not outrageous, that no matter how deplorable your performance is, you are made as whole and all by tax papers? The Pennsylvania senator continued, so what do you believe? Right. Well, this is, uh, you know, you're dealing with somebody with a disability, Joe. Like I said, you're just going to have to learn to be the bigger person and listen to what he says All right, let's and what say, he's saying. Let's say you had some impediment that prevented you from going on the air and being coherent. Wouldn't the uh, people who were running this place say, you know, Mark, maybe you better stand down until you take care of your health and you get everything corrected? Isn't that what would happen? Well, I think what happens is if when I came in the front door here 30 years ago, they said, Mark, can you do the job? And they gave me a little audition. It was obvious I could do the job. If I had a stroke or suffered a disability or broke my leg, I guarantee you without fail, this place would give you the benefit of the doubt of the accommodations. You're here saying, nope, no accommodations, no benefit of the doubt, unless you're perfect, unless you're, you know, a white Anglo-Saxon, old, white-haired oh, male. That's got nothing to do you with know, his color. Well, I'm Not just... Not a thing. The the fact is, if people if aren't you know able-bodied like you, they don't count. They're not serving. They're failing their constituents. No one His said constituents that. sent him to Washington to question these failed banks, and he's doing it. I'm not questioning the motive vote motivation of the voters. I'm just saying that right now it appears that Senator Fetterman's health is more of a concern than than his ability to perform the You're job. You're concerned about his health. I got you. I am. I, I think it's sad. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's. Uh, I don't right. think he's a dumb guy by any stretch of the imagination. I think were he at a hundred percent, I wouldn't agree with what he was doing, but I would have no doubt that he was fully capable of doing it. Right. I met Senator Fetterman when he was a mayor. He's a bright guy. He right. is a bright guy. Right. But right now he can't communicate that. Well, I, th- I think this is the opportunity. This, this is why there's wheelchair ramps in the, wor- in, in the world. This is why there's uh, hearing aids. This is why there's the cognitive electronic screen that he was using in that hearing. Uh, people have moved on from just writing people off because they have a disability. And they're no saying, hey, if you can off. do the job, you're in. No one's writing him off. I think you are, Joe. No, I'm not. <laughs> you just heard me say I think he's a bright guy when he's got all of his, his act together. He is a very bright guy, certainly capable of doing the job. I might not like the okay. job he's doing, but he's capable of doing it when he is close to 100%, which gotcha. he isn't now. Now, I think 
stop and think for a minute. He, he had serious depression. Why? Because he had a stroke. And probably because of the impairment that the stroke placed on him. I'm worried about him continuing to have more depression and, and being <laughs> unable to do the job <laughs> that the voters elected him to do. Joe, your crocodile concern uh, for his health <laughs> is noted. All right. Well, we got some callers on the line. And We're your talking breezy about disposition of his inability <laughs> to perform is equally troubling. All right. And you're dismissive of individuals with disabilities is no, noted. No, not. Oh, I see. Okay. 570-743-9565. Should John Fetterman continue to serve? It would have to be a volunteer thing at this stage that he volunteered to step down because he's elected and he's obviously doing the job. But Joe says that uh, he's not 100% and therefore should step down. What's your view on this topic? I just say we should make accommodations for individuals who don't perform ideally all the time. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Stan, you can talk about this or some other topic. It's an Open Phones Wednesday. Okay. I'll say one thing about Fetterman. Thank you. He can't communicate. That's his main major job down there, to be able to communicate with others, and he's failing at it. So, that said, I can't remove him. He should be removed. He needs to step down, and somebody that can communicate needs to get the job. But that's that's all I'm going to say. Well, right? Where's Dr. So Oz when you need him? What? Where's Dr. Oz when you need him? Well, you know, Dr. Oz offered to help him, but, you know, you know he was kind of poo-pooed. But anyways, uh, that's not why I called. I don't know if you've seen the story out in Missouri where a student has been suspended from school for using her phone to videotape her geometry teacher using the N-word in class. Yes. Have you seen anything about that? Yes. The geometry uh, teacher used the N-word in class? Yep. Here we go. Yeah, uh, this is times. from CBS. Yeah. One so, paragraph. It says, a high school geometry teacher in Springfield, Missouri, was caught repeatedly using the N-word in class, but the 15-year-old who recorded him doing it is the one who got in trouble. The Springfield, Missouri school board says she broke the rules by recording without permission, so she and her mom are now suing the board and demanding an apology for what it's worth that teacher no longer works for the district. So, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Mark. You said the story, in the story, you said the student is the only one that was punished. Right. Well, maybe so the, teacher the teacher resigned. Fired, oh, no, I didn't punishment. say that. I didn't say the fire. They say they no longer work there. Uh, maybe they, maybe that he or she resigned. <laughs> no longer works there and fired. They're, aren't they the same thing or did he voluntarily resign? Well, you know, your, your favorite not, words, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just okay. putting it out there. Uh, but more than likely, he <laughs> should you. have been fired. Okay? Plain and simple, he should have been fired. Now, my thing is, now the student, what the student did was right in one sense, but she violated school rules. Okay? So, she's being punished with it. Now, I don't know if she's out of school suspension, in school suspension. What I've seen, nothing's clear on that. So she's all up in arms, you know, what did she do wrong? Well, she violated the rules. If the rules in the schools are not enforced, what do we have? We have chaos. And aren't we trying to prevent chaos in the schools? Theoretically. Okay. <laughs> well. So, you know, you, you get online and you start looking at that story, and right away when you say that, everybody wants to call you a racist. Okay. Uh, it's not, you know, that's what I've been called because I commented on it on Miss Joy Reed's little thing on Instagram. 
And I'm the racist because I think that the student being punished for violating the school rule is a racist thing, which, quite frankly, I don't think it is. Because what happens when the next student does the same thing and isn't punished, what happens? There's chaos because the students see double standards. We don't want double standards in school. We want students to follow the rules as they're written to the best of their ability, and if they don't follow the rules, then they accept the punishment that they receive. Well, is that a problem? Yeah, schools, you see that as a problem? Schools are pretty zero tolerance today on a lot of things. I know kids that bring a pair of scissors and a little pocket knife or something like that get in trouble. So zero tolerance is what this student apparently faced. You know, they don't tolerate it at all whatsoever. So, but right right away, they want to bring the race card into it. Oh, now, the bring, teacher's the one that brought the race card into it. Who's bringing the race it? card? Just the By N-word. using the N-word, the, the teacher N-word. brought it in. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. And, and that's true. And I had I have no problem with that part of what the student did. She exposed the teacher for the bigot that he is. But she also has to accept the responsibility of violating the school rules. Okay. What was the context? That's my of it? feeling on it. Well, now, who are you outraged at? <laughs> the school district. Well, the te- teacher. No, I'm not outraged at the student. Okay. The teacher needs a lot of outrage thrown at him. And was he fired? I don't know because there's no reports. Not working there. That would be an assumption on me that he was fired. Maybe he voluntarily resigned because firing a teacher in a teacher's union can be pretty tough, from my understanding. Right. You know, it takes time. It doesn't happen automatically, which sometimes I think it should. So, yeah, what I'm outraged at is the people that call anyone that says that this girl was wrong by not following the rules. You know, what? and I, and I put that out there. You know, she did what she did was, you know, did what she exposed the teacher. She got the desired results. The teacher's no longer in the classroom. But she also has to face the penalty for violating the rules. Did this teacher just gratuitously throw this word out, or were they quoting a song lyric? What was the circumstance? Well, no, what he was talking about from what I heard on the recording, because the recording's out there. He's asking the other students why they can use the N-word towards each other, but he can't say the word, basically. Then he said it several times. Okay. Well, that's a legitimate question. Yeah, and this is making national news. We'll talk more about this. Stan, call back, or do you want to hold on? Nah, Joseph, I got to go. On, I got running to do, so y'all have a good day. Hey, you too, buddy. Thanks for calling in. All right, Joseph, stand by. You're coming on the radio at six minutes after the hour. This is WK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across me, good conservative. Uh, He had the astute honor of interviewing uh, candidate... Beck, who ran for the state superior court, and she won. She won her nomination on the Democratic ticket. Yes, she did. I I was part of the team that did an investigation into her. You met her and talked to her, and you were impressed? She seemed like a a good candidate. I've never had had so many people say so many kind things about somebody, including her professional qualifications, and she's um, clerked for some very high, highly regarded judges. She's an outstanding candidate, really is. Okay, so, and she's going to be on the ballot? Not my party, but 
but I she's going to get my vote because I think she's an outstanding person. Well, maybe she will uh, contact us as the um, you know the race goes on, and we'll find out uh, you know about some of the ideals and things that you got to find out. Uh, so yeah, the Pennsylvania spring primary election is now over, except the official counting. So we can talk about that. All right, Joseph, thank you so much for your patience. Much appreciated. We're enjoying a day. We've been talking about Senator Fetterman, who has a disability and uh, spoke rather haltingly yesterday in front of a hearing where they were questioning the bankers. He suggested the bankers that get bailed out uh, should have to do a work requirement for the money they got while they're in Hawaii or wherever. What's your view on this topic? Uh, Yes, I listened to that and very carefully. You had, and I agree with both of you concerning that uh, that uh, uh, that went on there. Uh, and then, by the way, it's John Fetter, woman, according to his own words. But anyway, uh, as I listened very carefully, and he he was struggling to make his point. And and Mark, to your point, yes, uh, he he had some questions that that begged a, a, a right answer. But he couldn't utter it. He had a, a terrible time uttering it, and you really had to listen carefully to see what he was trying to say. Okay. And to Joe's point, that's his his job is to utter clearly and to make his point uh, uh, very, you know, vividly, to, so that they could understand. It. And he can't do that. That's the problem. And and Mark, you said that if you come come there to apply for a job. Your job is to speak. It doesn't matter if you have a broken arm or a broken leg. They shouldn't not hire you for that. But if you can't speak and make a point or, or, or what you, that's your job is speaking, they're not going to hire you. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to listen to you all day if you, if you spoke haltingly as he did and, and, and struggled to communicate his thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is slightly different in that he was already hired and developed a disability, and now he's coping with that. Um, uh, I guess I'll just yeah, say I, as, as I best he that, can. He, he can't perform his job. If my job is is uh, digging ditches and I have a broken leg, I can't perform that job. You, mm-hmm. you understand? I have a, a, a debilitating ca- uh, a handicap there. You know that I can't perform mm-hmm. that job. So. So I'd have to get off until I can perform that job and heal up and and then come back and and do my responsibilities, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got you. I see what you're saying. I, I, I think I think if his constituents felt as strongly about this, I mean, every Pennsylvanian would be his constituents. I, I see what you're saying. I see how that could be a factor. I do not think there is a groundswell of opposition to his continuing to serve. I could be wrong. I, you know, I certainly uh, am just speculating on that, but I haven't heard much about that. Well, there's something else I wanted to say, uh, not related to that. Uh, I uh, I told you before I bought a new car, car off of Sunbury Motors, off of Austin, uh, Kia, in 2013, and I didn't get the extended warranty. I never had a problem with it until yesterday. I was uh, it left me sit. Well, here the battery died. And I called up Austin, and he was immediate. He said, I'll be right out there. And he came and fixed it up for me, and I and I don't have no extended warranty or anything like that. And I'm telling you, sales after the service, that guy is tops. 
And not only that, but here about three years ago, I wanted to get extensions for my uh, seat belt where you buckle in. It was a little too low between the seats. And he ordered them and got them for me, no charge, and no charge yesterday. I'm telling you, uh, that that really, I'm really impressed with the uh, Sunbury Motors and the service. Uh, Joseph, was yeah. that the original battery? Yeah. Wow, 10 years. Ten Holy years. smokes, that's great. Yeah, that was ready to go. Do you have the original washer fluid in it, too? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we got you. I only have I only have thirty thousand miles on it. I don't drive it that much, but n- nonetheless, uh, and that's that's hard on the battery. I have another car, I have a, a Subaru, that I drive in the winter time, and uh, I let that sit during the winter. But that's that's not good for a battery. To let it sit. And right. I yeah. keep it charged, but, but put yeah, it on yeah, a trickle. He was he was amazing. He said, "I'll be right out there," and I give him directions of where to come, and he fixed me up in the way I went. And I was really. Really happy with that, I'll tell you. All right, we got you, sir. Thank you, sir. Okay, doke. Much appreciated. Joseph and I are kind of in agreement on something. I'm well, shocked. we don't need to do a commercial now. <laughs> All right, yeah, that counts as the live read for the super service from Austin, Ernie, and the rest of the crew at the Kia dealership. Yeah, we were talking about Jill Beck. She got 41% of the vote in the Pennsylvania Superior yeah. Court Democratic primary. Lane Tamika got about 37.5%, and Patrick Dugan got about 21.5%. Right. So, uh, Jill Beck. So hopefully she'll call you in the months ahead and uh, campaign I on the radio. I have her email. All right. Uh, what are we talking about, folks? We're going to do some election results here in a moment. We also talked about a teacher who uh, CNN says the teacher resigned voluntarily after being um, on administrative leave for a couple of days because of using the N-word as part of a conversation in a class, not even really a class subject. The teacher was saying, why is it that blacks can say the N-word, only they said he said the N-word, right. and, but I can't, I'm not allowed to use it. I'm not allowed to say, and then he said, the N-word a couple of times, so he's talking about this, and some students warned him and said, you know, you're not allowed to use that at all whatsoever under okay, any circumstance. But, but there is a difference between using that word in a, an educational context and just calling somebody that. Right, he didn't call somebody that, he just said no, you can't use right. that word. Well, why not? And what if we had w- w- words as white people that we didn't want black people to use? Well, I think part of it is uh, it's... Uh, Ultra disparaging slur. It is if you call somebody that. Well, no, but if but you're talking about from an, if you're asking okay. an educational question or a philosophical question, why can they say the N word and I can't say it? Gotcha. I understand. That's a discussion. I think that's a good unanswered question, but I think because it it carries so much weight. But you know, if you're reading Huck Finn, you're going to see it. If you're reading some of the Kurt Vonnegut novels, you're going to hear and it. And if you watch one of the greatest movies ever made, In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Poitier, you're going to hear it a lot. You're going to hear it. So, uh, but uh, but in present day, you, you uh, we don't hear too much. We don't hear it too much. But uh, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Okay, five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. You guys heard what Joe said. You just you missed the sneer that I got to see. So he's <laughs> well. That was from the movie. You got it down though. Rod Steiger. I, I I vaguely remember all that. Yep. Thank you. All right, five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. You can talk about that. The N word. The stu- what brought up this subject is the student who videotaped the the teacher was suspended, and the teacher was on administrative leave, and then chose to resign. What according state was to it? CNN, what state was it? 
uh, Minnesota, I think. Some states have a law that you can't record somebody without their permission. Uh, that may be why Springfield, student, Missouri. That may well, be that's why a the federal law. Got in trouble. There's federal laws. Well, it's also state laws too. Some people. states allow one person, as long as one person at the conversation is okay with it, it can be recorded. Oh, not here. No, some states require both people or both all participants to. Well, some approve. some elect, I think Pennsylvania allows you to do record video, but not audio, so you can violate so a wiretap law. What was the students? What was the student attempting to achieve? Were they so outraged that a teacher asked a philosophical question in class that they felt they had um, to rat the teacher out? Like all social media, I don't think they're specifically trying to achieve something. They just want to say, hey, this is something really bizarre that happened in class today. Here's the video. Look at it. And here's a teacher using the N-word. I'm putting it on my Facebook page, and there it is. It's not I, – I don't know that the student had an end goal other than to uh, out the teacher who's using the N-word. But not calling as far as somebody I know, that. Anyway. I mean, obviously, if the, if the teacher was calling somebody that or using it in well, a it disparaging way, using yeah. it disparagingly, then I'd say his fanny should be out the door. You look at the link while I do headlines here. CNN has a longer-than-average story about it. We're also talking about uh, Joe's very concern that Senator Fetterman is not performing in a satisfactory manner as a U.S. senator and that is not serving his constituents in Pennsylvania as a result of his disability from his stroke, and he uses the example of Senator Fetterman's halting speech yesterday during the questioning of the banking individuals from uh, Silicon Valley Bank and some other banks that failed. So that's an interesting topic. Should Senator Fetterman step down because he doesn't speak as well as he used to? We have a teacher that used the N-word, and then the student who videotaped it got suspended, and we got uh, election reaction. So call us now, Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor. Thank you, Joseph, for that endorsement. SunburyMotors.com if you want to find out more about that. Our phone number is 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Joe's going to check the texts after he reads this article. I got his day all cut out for him today. (laughs) The Aqua Water Company reporting a water main break in the Elysburg area, and they don't have specifics, but they do say repairs are being made and hydrants are being flushed now, and all should be back to normal soon in the Elysburg area. Northumberland County 911 tells us uh, many people uh, experienced low or no water pressure in Elysburg. They may still experience cloudy water. The 911 encourages folks to call Aqua Water Company with their questions and concerns. Linda Schlegel-Culver, successor in the Pennsylvania State House, will be a Republican. Unofficial results show Mike Stender of Sunbury defeated Democrat Trevor Finn of Danville by a 2-to-1 margin, actually closer to 3-to-1. Stender won the 108th District Special Election. Stender will replace Culver, who replaced John Gordner, who moved into one of the key offices in the state Senate, but not elected office. In the local primary races, Sam Shikatana and Joe Claibon beat Vinnie Clausey in the primary. Megan Beck and Greg Fetterman will be on the Democratic ticket. Uh, for Northumberland County District Attorney Michael O'Donnell, got what he wanted, a nomination on the Republican ticket. Uh, There were 1,100 write-in votes on the vacant Democratic ticket, so the potential exists that the incumbent DA that botched his opportunity to get on the Pennsylvania Spring primary ballot by turning in his petitions too late uh, got on the Democratic ballot, or uh, O'Donnell also asked for write-in. So we'll find out who, uh, I think today we get to see those totals, who won on the write-ins. We'll find that out. Rachel, we 
Wiest Benner, the clear winner over Ben Affelbaum for Sunbury District uh, Magistrate. In Union County, Robin Zenzinger defeated Brian Kerstetter on both tickets for the district attorney's race there. Stacy Richards ran unopposed on the Democratic ticket there. But uh, once again there, there were over a 1,000 write-in votes. So we'll find out who Stacy Richards' running mate will be. Jeff Reber and Preston Boop are on the GOP side. In Snyder County, Bo Travitz won the primary for Middleburg District Judge and also nominated Scott Ziegler for Sealands Grove District Judge and on both tickets and Larissa Houck for Snyder County Treasurer. So I think I got all those in. Big win for Democrats in the Delaware County area. Voters in suburban Philadelphia have ensured that Democrats keep state house control. Democrat Heather Boyd won the special election in Delaware County after her Democratic predecessor resigned amid sexual harassment allegations. The other big race was the one for mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Democratic primary winner Sherelle Parker is statistically favored to win this November, a win that would be a milestone for the city's 100th mayor as the first woman and the first black woman to earn that title. The her part was important, yes, so I wanted to see a woman mayor. Hadass Kuznets for CBS News, Philadelphia. Uh, Democrat Dan McCaffrey and Republican Carolyn Carluccio won their party's nominations for the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. As we mentioned, Jill Beck got the Democratic nomination for Superior Court and Maria Batista uh, got the nomination for Superior Court on the Republican side. A Democrat for Commonwealth Court, it was Matthew Wolf, and on the Republican side in that particular race, it was Megan Martin coming away with the nomination there. We mentioned the student in Springfield, Missouri, who used the N-word in class, but no, no, was the teacher used the N-word. In oh class. yeah, thank you. Uh, and the teacher used the N-word in class, and a student videotaped it. The teacher since resigned, and the 15-year-old got a three-day suspension. There's also a teacher in Lexington, Kentucky, who was suspended after the school uh, by the school after he spelled extra credit with three Ks. He's accused of allowing an eighth grader to address, also dress as a KKK Grand Wizard for a school project about Nathan Bedford Forrest, a Klan's first leader. The kid got extra credit for it. Parents freaked out when they saw a TikTok video of the student wearing the KKK outfit on the school bus. Are we not men is the phrase you're looking for, Joe. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. Chris, thank you for patience. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Yeah, there's also a Florida teacher in uh, uh, that's being investigated for showing uh, a film with a gay character in it. What? An actual gay yeah, character? Yeah. Or an actor? An actual gay character in it. Get out of here. That's awful. Were the kids harmed by this? Oh, I imagine they're corrupted for life. That's not They've good. been groomed now, and yeah, they're, they're easy victims. Yeah, do you notice that, Chris? Everything is, if, if somebody sees something the size of a business card that has the word transgender on it, they're being groomed. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> it's Republican fantasy. Just like your yesterday discussion on Dur the Durham report, which I listened to this morning, or most of it, it was... Uh, well, we got a boogeyman in here. Uh, you, you agreed that uh, somebody agreed. I forget whether it was you or Joe. I think it was Joe who agreed that uh, said that it showed that uh, Hillary is a crook. I didn't say Hillary is a crook. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think so. No, you go back and listen to that. I, I didn't I say do. she was a crook. <laughs> Just this morning. Did I say she was a crook? I don't recall. I don't recall that. But, no, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> okay. That would be a little unusual for you. plausibility until I get the quote. But okay. anyway, and and the whole general attitude was that it uh, was uh, that it was anything meaningful against the Democrats. Are you asking us to summarize the show? No, no. Okay. The the the, the report. The right. report. There was nothing meaningful there against the Democrats, and a uh, few things that were known long before, but he found no new stuff. He also was given the job of investigating. Barr told him, oh, add this to your list when the charge came up against Trump. And he said, add this to your list and investigate this, will you? And uh, I don't I haven't heard any word that it, it, it even gets mentioned in the report. I doubt if he really investigated it at all. What about someone like Adam Schiff, who said that he had incontrovertible oh, you're, proof? Oh, you're, you're, boy, you don't like. Oh, boy. He said one thing once. Oh, he said it more than the, once. He the, said it more than the, once. They had a montage. proof after one of the hearings that were, it was in private. So where was it? Where and, was his incontrovertible proof? Where, how many Republicans outright lied about what they were releasing the next day? That turkey who went to the White House? one day and then went back the second day and said i've been given this terrible information by the white house and it was the information he told the white house the day before with the white house handed it back to him i mean and they and he and jordan both, so as usual uh, you would as usual right about what was in the report and when it was it came out the next day completely contradicted As it. usual, you excuse the behavior of Democrats while no, condemning the behavior of Republicans. It. I want to know, I'd like to know what he said, too. He said and that he had he incontrovertible that. proof. I'm trying to remember what, what, uh, what, what hearing that was after. And I forget, it might have been the hearing about the meeting with the, the, the Trump uh, sons in and, and, uh, Trump Towers about the woman from Russia. Or it might have been about another thing. But either of those, I suppose, depending on how they sort of summarized, you might be able to take that if you can assume that if the Trump campaign did it and his son discussed what he was doing with his father, which he apparently did, but not on the record, uh, there was a phone call to an unknown number that nobody seems to remember. Whose number was that anyway, and why did I talk to them? But anyway, uh, I, and I'm not sure he even took the. Uh, did Manafort even talk to Durham under oath? Well, here's, the, here's that one. I looked it up uh, as a question, and I haven't been able to get a. Here's a story answer. from Politico at the time. Responding to attacks by White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway, Representative Adam Schiff on Sunday insisted his criticism of the Trump administration was not wrong, saying there was ample evidence of collusion in plain sight. He said, yes. "I use that word very I, carefully." I say there was. Oh, okay. Well, how come nobody found it? Well. It depends what you call collusion. The, the, it, the Trump campaign welcomed the Russians' interference. Well, the, what indictments did Bob Mueller get the against the Republicans that decided that? And do you think uh, Trump doesn't really run his own campaign? That he doesn't know what they're doing? 
I don't know. I'm not in, involved in the Trump organization. Yes, the Trump organization is basically. Do you think Trump Joe Biden and, knows what his staff's three or four doing? Other people. You think Joe Biden knows what his staff's doing? Uh, I think most of the time, yes. Okay, well, you're being more charitable than I am. In terms of campaign stuff and talking to the Russians, yes. Especially with his son being in charge of the hearing, of the meeting. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of think so. That seems like a logical conclusion to me. Well, I think having his son in charge of anything is a problem. Yeah, and Paul Manafort, too. He was a problem, and he was in charge of the campaign. And he is the one who supposedly, nobody's really contradicted this seriously. I can't say that it's been proven, but nobody who's been in a lot of denials about it uh, gave Republican priority of secret polling to the Russians through the Ukrainians that went to the, the people running the let's get Trump elected in Russia. Okay. And well, is that collusion or not? Is that collusion in plain sight? Pretty much. Well, then he also said he had incontrovertible evidence of collusion. But nobody else found that. Well, collusion is... is what I described is collusion, isn't it? It might not be legal conspiracy indictable. Well, then, can we stuff, say that Hillary but it Clinton is collusion, right? Could we say that Hillary Clinton colluded with the FBI to farm the Steele dossier? She turned the information over to them. Oh, well, that's collusion. Yeah, you that's can definitely, you can definitely believe that if you wish you, to. You consider that collusion? Well, if we're going to consider the other not collusion, huh? Yeah, you can consider that collusion. collusion. You're in safe ground, Chris. All right, we got to hit the road. Anything else? Yeah, about the Mike's question. I think it was yesterday about the drop in foreign-owned U.S. debt. Gotcha. it, it isn't. Uh, it's largely due to COVID in the last few years that cut the percentage of foreign debt a lot, and other countries just decided it was time to diversify their investments a little. As far as I can tell, I think it nobody means nobody seems very concerned about it as a bad thing at all. No, nope. foreigners it, own less of the debt. It means we're going down. No, nope, when I'm, I was researching it, so <laughs> I don't think it's any great problem that anybody's worried about except Mike. Uh, I, I agree with Mike. It mean, we're going down. Here's the oh, truth. Oh yeah, yeah. You <laughs> say things like that all the time when you don't mean them. I, that so is true. it's hard to tell when you do mean them. All right, I don't he mean it. Is that why you do it? Uh, wait, say that. What? What? Say that again. <laughs> it's you say things like that all the time when you don't mean it. So it's hard to tell when you do mean it. I and I asked if that was intentional. Uh, yes, I tried to to uh, encourage our obfuscate your views. Well, not only that, but also to get our good listeners to to challenge them a tiny bit. 
<laughs> Although okay. I just agreed with you in order to challenge you, and I guess that actually wouldn't work. All right, listen, we got to hit the road, sir. Thank you. Bye. All right, much appreciated. All right, we're going to do the same thing we did yesterday. Uh, we're going to take a slightly longer break so that we can stay on schedule, but uh, we are going to uh, take our first break of the day. Uh, we will be right back. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Master Joe is here. Uh, Lynn Hall's a great producer on the other side of the glass. Joe, you have more than enough reading to do for the next couple of weeks. Yes, Dennis says, uh, Chris spoke about the Florida teacher with a gay character in its movie. In her defense, she had permission slips from some of the parents to show the Disney film with a prominently gay character to this to first graders. The law there states that children under the grade age of fifth grade cannot be shown this material. I doubt she was malicious interactions, but ignorance of the law, which apparently was instructed to all teachers, is not a great excuse. Actually, ignorance of the law is not a defense for breaking the law either. So at all. At all, right. So it's not just not a great excuse. It is, in fact, no excuse. Well, okay. Uh, okay, and let's see here. My mouse won't get rid of anything. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Maybe you need new batteries. I just put a new one in. <laughs> Your mouse, I mean. All right, and then one of our other email, our texters, makes an interesting point, and we didn't get to touch it because I reading the story, this teacher who used the N-word uh, was in a geometry class. So um, one of the questions that we've been asked is, what part of geometry class calls for discussion on the N-word? Don't think the discussion was germane to geometry. I have to agree with that. Uh, well, I thought maybe it was an English class or something like that where it conceivably or a history class. I racked my brain to come up with a use of the N-word and I came up with one. In geometry, of course, you have points on a line and then you have places where there's no points called non-points. So maybe he was abbreviating non-points by saying, and this, we'll call these the N-word. <laughs> that's all I could, that's the only N-geometry word I could think of were non-points, but well, I could be wrong. Yeah, well, you have, an, you have a point there, but geometry was never one of my favorite <laughs> I subjects. I have a point on my non-points. Thank you. All right. another a teacher named Miss Watts who was not my favorite. Oh, geometry. <laughs> I had geometry a couple times from the same teacher. Yeah, I had it a couple times, too, because uh, I failed at the okay. first Okay, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, one of our emailers says, I beg to disagree with you, Mark, in that you said John Fetterman already had the job before his disability. He was not elected senator at the time of his stroke. I do feel sorry for him, but I feel he never should have proceeded with his candidacy at that time. He should have waited until he was more fully recovered. At this point, he is not able to properly do the job he was hired to do. Well, Very I, common sense. Uh, 
very reasonable. Yeah, very good point. Thank you. But you also have to consider who the Republicans put up. I mean, Dr. Oz, a carpetbagger who oh, may or may down. not have been a, a good <laughs> senator, we'll never know, at least not for a while, uh, was the opposition. So people saw right through him. So I think that was part of the factor. Uh, and I think Fetterman was just a big fat D. That's how he got in. He he got to wear the letter D on his chest, whether you know whether he had all his uh, the same level of communication skills he had before or not. He was still a D, and plus his shirt says D, and his pants say not an R. So <laughs> as long as you wear that clothing, anybody can get elected. Look at President Biden. He's well, just there because he's a Democrat. You make it sound like no Republican ever got elected again after this because of it's just wonderful to be a D. But that's not true. Republicans are winning elections all over the place. Well, look at Senator Toomey got reelected <laughs> repeatedly, right. although it was always pretty close. But I, the, my point is that uh, the political partisan divide in the U.S. in Pennsylvania uh, and in Pennsylvania right now is so severe that it doesn't really matter what the vessel is that's carrying the D. It could be John Fetterman impaired by a stroke and not uh, with even uh, half the abilities he may have once had. doesn't matter. He's a D. Look at President Biden. He, <laughs> you think among all the... Do you the, remember uh, a guy named Stender who was an R who just won a seat yesterday? Well, uh, uh, well, he has the ability to do the job. I don't think he brings deficits to the job. Do you? No, I don't think he does. But you're making it sound like oh, I see what being you're a saying. benefit to being a Democrat. Right. I think in elections today, I think people are trying to look at the person rather than the party label. And the proof of that is? The proof of that is that the state of Pennsylvania outlawed uh, straight party voting. You have to make a decision now, each valid entry, on whether you're voting for Republican or Democrat. I think that forced a lot of people to reevaluate their voting patterns. Well, that may force something, but that's not proof of intellect or anything. Or what's, What is proof that individual voters are considering? Well, I can't prove that any more than you can prove that it doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> well, I, We'd have to talk to every voter. Folks, give us a call right now. Tell us whether you actually think about who you're voting for or whether you just vote by rote. The difference is... <laughs> I didn't premise it or bring it up. Yes, you, you did. did. No, no, you did. <laughs> then our other emailer says, The greatest political crime in U.S. history has been the thoroughly investigated and incontrovertibly affirmed thorough Dunham report. The Democrats... Durham, hmm? Durham report. Durham report, I'm sorry. What I say? Dunham. Oh, he's a comedian. Uh, the Democrats originating with Hillary and her campaign, Democrat... Apparatchiks? I forget that word. That's a Russian word. How do you pronounce that? Is it apparatchiks? Apparatchiks? Okay, Google. How do you say apparatchiks? That's pronounced apparatus. No, no apparatus. apparatus. Anyway, Democrat operatives in the FBI, to the Obama White House, to Democrat senators led by Schiff and Swalwell, to the Democrat devotee media, all tried to take out a candidate for president and then take down or at least disrupt and hamper a president of the United States. The report explicitly and clearly finds the entire Trump-Russian affair was created out of nothing, driven by planted rumors known to be lies, but purposely never investigated by a corrupt 
corrupt FBI. All people everywhere should be alarmed at the corruption of our system to the point that the highest law enforcement agency in our country can be used by a political party to thwart the will of the people. Clearly, hands down, this is the most important story of our political history, all brought about by the Democratic Party. Today's Democratic Party and their media accomplices are the real greatest threat to our democracy, and anyone who tries to deny or downplay this brazen four-year-long power play and coup attempt has zero respect for our constitutional republic and no regard for integrity at all. Well, Way to go. Who signed that? Craig. Craig. All right. Well, but uh, right we, on, we know that Paul Manafort was meeting with the Russians, and he was the Trump advisor. We know yeah, Jared we have people Kushner. in the State Department who meet with the Russians all the time, and people meet with the Chinese communists. So what's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. It's fantastic. Everybody in the country should meet with Russians. But if you say, as Craig says here, that the Democrats just pulled it out of thin air. No, you should investigate just to triple check. If they don't find any evidence, good for them. They never there found... there was no evidence. Even that's the, right. they the never found report it. said that there was no evidence that warranted the start of an investigation. Right, and that's fine. That's 100% okay. I'm just simply saying that it wasn't based on just vapor in the air. It was based on real meetings with real me- people meeting with real Russians. And if there was no evidence, and, and what they proved was that President Trump had absolutely positively nothing to do with it, or there's no evidence But if of you that. were going to give somebody the benefit of the doubt and say, it, all right, it's a reasonable thing for him to talk to the Russians. Let's say the president wanted to formulate uh, the president, running for pro- public office, mm-hmm. a candidate for president wants to formulate foreign policy. He has a question or two about how the Russians might respond or what they might think or how they feel. So he sends somebody from his campaign to talk to them. Right. Uh, if you're looking at it from the Democratic point, that's collusion. But are you, could it not also be just a genuine effort to f- gather some facts okay. to help you down no, the road? That's fantastic. That's but, a that's, wonderful. but that's not the way Hillary presented it. She presented it as something nefarious was going well, on. Well, that's not the way Trump presented it. Trump said absolutely positively, nobody in my campaign met with the Russians. Then Paul Manafort says, oh, I've been meeting with him for years. And then Jared Kushner said, absolutely not. No meeting in Trump Towers. And, and then we found out that he did have a meeting with them. So it's fine. If, if they're feeling out the Russians for Russian policy or foreign policy, just say so. That that's what these meetings are for. And say that don't deny that you had them at all. Why would you lie about something that's only up and up? I mean, so that's the one aspect. Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask Corrine Jean-Pierre. She does it every day. <laughs> well, she's getting paid a lot of money. So. Aparachic. Aparachic. Okay. okay. All right. And it is a member of a communist party. Uh, a member of a communist party. Minor function. So there you go. All right. We've got listeners who want to shut me up. Mike, go right ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, I want to talk about something positive for a change this morning, but that's not going to last long because then I'm going to rain on my own parade. <laughs> There's a new political party on the block, and evidently it's called the No Label Party. Have you guys heard about that yet? Nope. Okay, the no the no label party. They I guess their uh, platform is that the country is too divided. There's only a handful of congressional districts in the whole country that are really up for grabs every election. You know, it's either right or left, and that uh, generally people are getting turned off by this uh, situation, this divisiveness that we have. So they want to be the new kid on the block, the no label party. It, you know, that's only working for the good of the country and the people. And, uh, you know, it sounds great because one of my wishy-washy, malleable friends thought, hey, that is great. He told me, I love this idea, you know. So I thought about it. And my guess is the no-label party is just another one of these, you know, I guess they would call it 
psychological operation. In other words, they're going to just sit there in the background. From what I understand, it's been in business since uh, 2010. That was that 13 years, okay? And this is the first I heard of this party. And so my guess is they're going to be waiting around, waiting around for the, the close election, and then they're going to throw their weight around in a certain way to end up you know, throwing that election to the party that they're really aligned with. Because I don't think there's a such thing as a real independent anymore in this no-label party. I'm going to label them as just another psychological operation or whatever, just like Russiagate was, uh, you know, all that business. So, so anyway, all, the warning is don't fall for the new-label party because I think it's a fake. Okay. All right, we no, got you. Boy. Sound advice. All right. Thank you, sir. Now you hey, want you're to, welcome. Take care, man. Yeah, much oh, go ahead, Joe. Do you have something to say? Well, no, I thought you had a second thing. You said you had something positive, then you wanted to go on to something negative. He assumed I was going yeah, to drag him into negativity, okay. I think. Oh, okay. The, the, the negativity is the fact that this no-label party probably is not really a no-label party. Because the first thing that I found out about them is they won't disclose their donors. It's a 501c charitable thing, you know. And they won't say where they're getting their money. Okay, fair enough. Could be Joe, what's his name, Soros, or who knows? Could be the uh, DNC for all we know. I think George Soros has too much invested in the Democrats to start a third party. Well, not if that third party is invested in helping the Democrats win a presidential election. Right, sometime. by putting people on the ballot that would draw votes from Republicans, is that right? Exactly, okay. yeah, that, that's, that's it. You, you're better at articulating my conspiracy theories than I am. <laughs> okay. Is it only Democrats that are diabolical, or are Republicans capable of, capable of this, too? They're all human. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Ooh, that, amen. Did that I answer like that. your question? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. And the follow-up. <laughs> right. They're all people. Right. So people are capable people. Of, of misdeeds. Yep. So, hey, listen, I'm going to get out here and enjoy some of this fresh Canadian air instead right. of that mucky-muck <laughs> stuff that was coming down Fair with enough. all the smoke in it for the last few days. All okay. right. We got you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Take care. Yep, all right. 570 Sorry, 9565. Right. <laughs> you were looking at me like I was doing something wrong. Well, you I'm were. so used to seeing that look from you. 570 <laughs> You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's across from me. Lynn Hall, fabulous producer. Stan, so patient for one minute. He waited 20 minutes to get one minute, but uh, it begins now. Mark, you keep railing against Bannaford. He was a campaign advisor to Trump for what, 
couple of months. Yeah. The most. Oh, I thought he was he the manager. Even, well, I think it was two months. Was and what he manager. did was long before he was ever associated with Trump. And he, I think they uh, convicted him on some sort of tax tax laws. Okay, so there's nobody in the Trump campaign at all whatsoever that has any ties or meetings with or knowledge of the, all the Russian interference in the election. Uh, Russian interference. Well, there was one meeting between Trump, uh, Don Jr., and somebody else, and they were the whoever was initiated the meeting was under false pretenses. So they quit the meeting as soon as they found out what they were really there for. Okay, you, you believe all those versions of that? I believe yeah, otherwise. When you believe the version that Hillary put out there that Trump was colluding with Russia, I believe, and that obvious. was proven wrong. And Clapper <laughs> uh, briefed the Obama. Biden, Comey, and Lynch on that. All oh. they knew that it was a lie, but, I but yet they him. continued with a, an investigation. You know what I believe? So I want people to go to prison, but I know it won't happen. <laughs> I believe that for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. Oh, brother. I'm moving on. <laughs> not every drop. Not every drop, Joe. Right. It takes more than one drop. Oh, okay, well. Anyway. There are a lot know, of drips the, the out there. The whole thing is, Hillary started it and nobody's going to pay a price. It's wrong. Somebody should, it was, it was a coup, coup against a president. It went on for four years, and it's still going on. Right. The lies coming out of the mainstream media about what happened. They will not admit the truth. Fair right. enough. We got you. Thank you so thank much, you, sir. Thanks thank for calling you. in. Thank you, Stan. Harry, thank you for waiting. You're on the mark now. Hey, good morning. I, you know, I, I look at things uh, somewhat differently, it's something somewhat differently. One of the things that what I'm most bothered about with this Durham report is isn't so much the he said, she said stuff, but but I think what everybody is forgetting is the fact that because none of this was corroborated, it, it exaggerates what happened afterwards even more. We went through all kinds of investigations that were unnecessary rather than governing the governance of the country went through two uh, impeachment procedures and it all turns out that it was all built on a foundation of sand that there was really nothing to investigate and I wonder what would have happened that could have made us better or a more efficient country in those three years rather than continuing the witch hunt that started because somebody made something up and then tried to prosecute the person they made it up about doesn't anybody find that? How come nobody seems to find that worrisome, I guess, is my question. Because it's so normal to have terrible government. We, we just <laughs> well, come you know, to expect I mean, it. That, that, I, I, I'm not sure if you're serious or if it's if totally it serious. or a combination of both. Because, because it is what's sad and the biggest truth in this country is the least important people in America today are, in the, in the eyes of the government, are Americans. We, the people, have no longer, that no longer exists in any facet of government doing something for, for anybody. We, the people, are a non-entity. And that, that's scary, it's sad, and, and this is a perfect example of it. The people who created a, a, a conspiracy punished, went after the person they, constrict, they constructed the conspiracy about, and now will face no no punishment in any or a censure or anything i i i'm you know i i'm glad that i'm 66 years old and not 26 because i don't uh, 
I would hate to have a whole long life ahead of me with where we're going in this country now because this is, uh, you know, these wheels have come off and we're running down a uh, we're running down Pikes Peak with no brakes. <laughs> um, well, you don't hear too much about Pikes Peak anymore, but that's a probably was, a good analogy. Was no one punished in the FBI at all whatsoever? Yeah, for what's this? his name was fired. Um, yeah, so what you know what his job is now? What? Do you have any idea what his job is? He's on CNN he or MSNBC, around. isn't he? Well, that and uh, and uh, he also goes around teaching about election integrity. Oh, okay. Well, uh, safeguards and election election integrity. There's an in the oxymoron. Place, that's an oxymoron, like military <laughs> right. intelligence and postal service. But in the second place, oh, take that know, last oh, one back. <laughs> I know it's an old it's an old George Carlin joke. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, I mean, you know, no. So yes, on on paper he was punished, but in reality he's uh, he's making a good deal of money talking about and teaching people about the same things that he did. All right, we got you. Uh, it's uh, the ultimate in hypocrisy. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. All right. Uh, yep, know, much. One other thing too. What's that? You could have. You could have certain people anymore in government, and I don't, and that's on both sides of the aisle. You could have them with a smoking gun standing over a just shot body saying, I did it, and you won't get them prosecuted. <laughs> and that's, that's where we're at right now. Well, and Donald Trump said he could shoot somebody in the middle of 42nd Street and not, not get arrested either, so. Well, yeah, we'll that's see. what I say, both, both parties. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to find out. I'm not favorites. All right. Thank you, Harry. Take Thanks care, for Harry. calling in. All right, uh, Joe, I'm going to take the day off tomorrow just for On the Mark. Mike Glazer will be here. You'll be in the catbird seat. Okay. I will say what you're going to say tomorrow, and that's that On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Do as me and Joseph and Joe and Ben have done. Drive a Sunbury Motor Company vehicle and enjoy it. Uh, make sure that uh, you're making... Uh, full use of all the accoutrements that you get, the free inspections and a hundred other things. Uh, these are just some of the things that uh, you get to do. I got to drive the very latest Ford Maverick, this small pickup truck. This is just crazy, Joe. You would love this. Scoots in and out of parking spaces. has more than enough room to haul you and all your junk around. And when you tromp that accelerator to the floor, it goes zero to 90 in 11 seconds. Are you happy now? It's got all the electronic stuff you like, too. No, but I think you should go back and analyze what you just said. Okay, we're going to do that. Tromping something to the floor? All right, to be continued. SunburyMotors.com. This is News Radio 1070 WK. Okay, Sunbury.